Wealthy America's podcast. I am John Schroeder, and today I am joined by a good friend, Stephen Wright. Stephen currently serves as the executive pastor at Central Baptist here in America's Georgia. Stephen, welcome to the podcast. Man, dude, thank you for having me. We, we've been talking about this for a few weeks now, and man, I'm excited for you to be in the community and uh, know what you're about. Looking forward to these next moments together, for sure. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, so I met you uh, probably a few years ago, kind of just through a mutual sport, disc yep. golf, and also yep. uh, within the relationship of the church, and getting to know you. And then I remember we were playing disc golf, and I had mentioned to you that me and my family were moving into Americus. And just the welcome, your kindness, your generosity. I mean, we went to your, your house. I met your wife. Um, we, we drove around a lot and we just talked and we talked about um, Americus and you shared so much with me. And I was just impressed by that. I was so encouraged by your love for the city, but also your love for people and new relationships. So I just felt like I needed to have you on the podcast. Um, and so, so tell me a little bit, uh, from your perspective, what's it like to grow up in America's Georgia? Well, it's interesting you said that. Let, let me let me revert back to the comment you just made in terms of, of, of welcoming and um, you know being friendly and whatever. Listen, uh, God created people, okay? So you do life with people and you get to know people and you ultimately try to help people. Uh, I just recently turned 48 and I've lived here every moment wow. of my life, which is really interesting. Uh, I see people all the time talking about how you know you need to move away from your hometown and these types of things. And up to this point in time in life, um, God has not wanted me to do that. And so, uh, so grew up the oldest of two. Um, my mom and dad uh, here in America. Uh, my dad was in construction and then moved into uh, electrical work. My mom was a seamstress. I did some. Uh, some insurance, then ended up doing some property management and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, we were raised in the church. Uh, my dad didn't go a lot early on, um, mm -hmm. but my mom took us. And so we were, we certainly began our relationships uh, with people really invested in the church, yeah. uh, inside the church. Yeah. And, uh, and as, as life continued to grow, uh, and I gave my life to Christ at about 14. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we began to realize, man, life needs to go outside of the church as yeah. well yeah. in terms so, of building so relationships. Were, yeah. were, were your parents from Americus? Did they, were they born and raised in Americus? Were, they, they were not. So okay. um, essentially my mom was like from the Plains area. My dad was from the Preston area, uh, Buena Vista area. So certainly uh, regionally very local. Uh, but in terms of Americus, when they married, my dad was 21, my mom was 16. Uh, when they married, and then they found a home here in Americas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's so, awesome. So, um, so growing up, um, interestingly enough, um, I was in the county school system up through about the sixth grade, and then went to um, Christian school my seventh through twelfth grade years. Actually, ended up graduating at like sixteen, okay. uh, which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, but again, a lot of my relationships at that point literally were in the church, mm -hmm. um, and uh, which was okay in that dynamic. And yet, <clears throat> when I started college at GSW um, and, and really began to uh, see people, uh, meet people, uh, man, I don't, I don't meet a stranger, uh, and I never have. And so uh, I, I think that's a... That's a gift and a curse to a certain extent. You know, if you're at Walmart, well, it's a challenging experience because <laughs> you're, 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 you're there for a while. Um, but God began to remind me that 
the world, when we refer to the world, it's really people. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily trees and countries and those things, although that's certainly part of his creation. Yeah. It's people. Mm-hmm. And so it's uh, so a growing up, um, most yeah. of my relationships uh, began from inside the church, and then we began to move outside of the church and, okay. and, and share the so love you had of Christ a, with everyone. What was your personality kind of growing up, kind of your, your dynamics? Uh, you said you never met a stranger, so you're probably energetic, um, you know, extroverted. Yep. Um, how did, what was that like just kind of growing up as Steve? Yeah, so um, always liked sports, and, and, and obviously being in a kind of a smaller school environment, didn't really have much chance to play interscholastic sports. Uh, but in terms of the energy of it, the energy of meeting new people, the energy of, of talking, I've uh, never been short of words, and uh, which again is a blessing and a curse as well. Sometimes I talk before thinking and I'm trying to learn to think before I talk. Uh, but in, the, in that environment, uh, energy with people uh, is often welcoming, and yet there are some personas that it's not welcoming. It tends to be a wall because they don't find their, they don't find similar energy or they don't come with similar energy. And so you begin to have to realize not everybody's the same way. Uh, and so uh, God through the years has begun to adapt some of those personality traits to, to really learn how to deal with a variety of people and vice versa. Yeah. 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 So, so, all right. So you go to GSW, <clears throat> what do you, what, what are you going for? Where, yeah. where, where are you headed in life? So I'm, so I'm at GSW, and uh, I'm going to get a degree in health and physical education. I want to teach PE. I want to coach. Um, at that time, that's where I met my wife. Uh, we were very involved in the BSU, the Baptist Student Union at that time. Uh, in fact, during those years, I was actually on the officer's council and led the growth ministry there at BSU. Um, and uh, so I was there uh, working on that degree. Uh, we got married in 1996. I had about six classes left, uh, and those six classes took me a little time. Uh, and I finished up in 1998 uh, with a bachelor's in health and physical education, and then actually went back and got my master's in, in the same suit. So, okay. so that, that was the track I was on there at GSW, mm-hmm. and I turned the four-year track into mm. eh, five or six. Okay. Yeah. And your wife is named Brandy, right? Brandy, that's okay, right. Okay, so yep. how, did, how did y'all meet? What was so, that like? So Brandy is from a little community uh, called Putney, right south of Albany. Okay. And, uh, and again, we literally met at the Baptist Student Union. And, uh, you know, I, you, as you know, I caught her eye. No, really, she caught mine. And, and we began to, uh, to really just enjoy being together. And, and certainly there was a kindred spirit that, that we knew shortly after we began to hang out and date a little bit, that 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 this was God's plan. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, John, the, the first time my mom met her, she said, "That'll be the person you marry." Wow! Uh, and so, uh, can't disappoint mom. <laughs> and uh, but but we were we knew that um, we we knew that this was God's plan, and we were ready. Uh, we were ready to follow God's plan. Yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit about um, you're a very relational person. Um, were there other people in your life growing up that were highly relational, that uh, encouraged you, that inspired you to continue to, to move forward? Um, what was that like? Who were, who were people that, that inspired you to just continue to be who you were, yeah, yeah. who God called you to be, but also just, just showed you what really good relationships look like? Yeah. What's it like to have, be a, a good neighbor? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, first of all, I saw it in my house. Uh, my mom is very relational. Uh, very relational and, and, is, and is certainly a giver, 
uh, certainly wants the best for everyone, whether they're in her circle or outside of her circle. Uh, if she sees a need, she feels a need. And, and with those opportunities, uh, relationships is very important. Um, my dad is, was, was very relational too, um, but a, not, not quite as much as mom. And so when you think about the encouragement of it, I think instead of there being verbal encouragement, uh, I saw a picture of it on a daily basis. Mm. And, uh, and so with that, uh, again, knowing that I enjoyed sports, mm -hmm. part of being a team is very relational. Yeah. Uh, no matter what team I, I was on or intended to be part of, uh, even, even the drive to want to coach for a while really was about relationships. Mm. And so, um, and now even being at the church, yeah. we're, we literally refer to ourselves as a team. And so you can't be part of a team mm -hmm. uh, if you're not relational. And so, uh, so when you think about being a good neighbor, yeah. uh, literally our neighborhood, whether that's the immediate one we live in, whether that's the community we live in, we really should all be part of the same team. Yeah, yeah. yeah no doubt. Yeah. I was, like I said, I was, I was highly uh, encouraged and I felt, I felt so welcomed when we're, you just, you're like, hey, get in the truck. Yeah. You know, we have kind of private spaces, right? That's People right. feel like, you know, kind of what's mine is mine. Yeah. Uh, but you're inviting people yeah. into these spaces yeah. where it's it's it feels uncommon. It shouldn't be uncommon, but right. it does feel. And right. then you're just like, all right, we're we're gonna ride around and hey, I'm gonna uh, we're gonna go to your house, and so I get a chance to meet your wife and your kids, and and I'm thinking, wow, this is this is something that we need to see more of, yeah. you know, in our communities. Um, so was that a part two of your parents' dynamics or just, hey, invite people over, yeah. come into the house? Yeah. Uh, so, where so, did that come from? Yeah, so my parents were, were very much like that. Um, you know, even as I think about family and not, not everybody is even welcoming with family when it comes to those dynamics, but, you know, we'd have cousins and stuff come over for weeks at a time in the summer. We'd have people from the neighborhood come and, and uh, uh, we, we grew up in a, in, a, in a neighborhood, and so with that, you know, there was always people at our house playing board games and cards and uh, not, not so much grilling out uh, those types of deals, but always games, always activities, whether it was horseshoes outside or pinochle inside or, yeah. or sorry or just all of those board games. And so, again, I, I watched it. I, I yeah. saw the story unfold. And so... So with those things, um, I, I don't believe God calls us to be a hoarder of any blessing that he gives us. And, uh, and so a, a principle of stewardship is have an open hand to receive and an open hand to give. And so yeah. part of that is, man, this is what we were blessed with. We want to be a good neighbor. Come on. And, uh, and my wife is much farther down the line even than, even than I am with wow. that uh, in terms of just a welcoming presence. And let's say, hey, man, how can we... Uh, get to know each other as iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. Yeah. And, uh, and with that, we do life together. That's awesome. All right, so, so you graduate from GSW. Uh, you found the woman of your dreams. What, what now? Yeah. So again, we married in 96, uh, 1996, September the 7th. Uh, I remember that day because it was the opening day of dove season. And a lot of my family wasn't there. They were, they were in the field shooting dove, okay? And uh, they just said, good luck. We thank you and congratulations, but we're going to the field. And uh, so anyway, September the 7th, 96, we're coming up on 26 years here uh, in just a few weeks. Uh, she was actually working for Habitat at that point. Uh, it was working in uh, the Educare, which was a daycare center that Habitat had then. 
Uh, she has a degree in uh, middle school science uh, and uh, to teach, uh, but at that point, that's where she was. Uh, I was actually running um, a home medical center where, uh, and then that ended up getting by, uh, purchased by American Home Patient, which is a company out of Tennessee. So I was running a storefront, literally when we get married, of oxygen and beds and walkers yeah. and wheelchairs again being involved with people. All of that was relational. Yeah, yeah. I mean, where was that? Where was that uh, location so, to? Yeah, so that was uh, over in the uh, shopping center where Belks is located. Okay. Uh, there was a depot car wash, which I think now is Goo Goo's. Yeah. And right directly behind that was a storefront, American Home Patient, uh, that I actually uh, ran. Our kind of our home office was in Tennessee. Our, our, our mothering office was in Albany, actually. Okay. Uh, but we were, we kind of, I kind of ran the storefront here. And so we did that for a while, and then in 1999, um, I started at Sarah Cobb Elementary teaching third, fourth, and fifth grade PE. Okay. And, uh, and, then, uh, and then she was still at Habitat at, at that point as well. So, yeah, okay. so those are those first few years right after marriage trying to figure it all out. Okay, yeah. so, now, so now you're at PE and you're, you're, you're teaching young kids. How, how's that experience? What's, what's that like? Great. Uh, it really was. We had three PE teachers at that point. Uh, again, it was a third, fourth, and fifth grade school. Uh, I had Carol Briley and Diane Cagle. Those were ladies that had already kind of been in for a while, and man, showed me the ropes, and they were unbelievable how good they were. Uh, again, loved kids, uh, loved teaching, uh, loved the physical aspect of physical education, I uh, love being indoors and yet love being outdoors, the combination of it all. So, man, it really, really went well. Mm -hmm. And in those first two years there, John, I also had the opportunity to uh, coach football uh, at Staley Middle School. I coached basketball out there at America's High School. And one year I actually coached tennis. You knew they were scraping the bottom of the barrel. And then year three there at Sarah Cobb is when we started the basketball program at South Georgia Tech. Wow. And so I taught PE at Sarah Cobb mm -hmm. and then coached out at actually at South Georgia Tech that last year I was at Sarah Cobb. Okay. Okay. So did you already <laughs> have a lot of this, uh, seems like those dynamics, there's a lot of networking, just getting to know people. Obviously people saw your energy. They saw your relation uh, capacity. They saw your love for sports. Um, so do you feel like America's was, was welcoming of you and your family as you continue to step into America's, you know, all that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Um, you know, the one thing that is, uh, that I think is true is again, I don't meet a stranger. Uh, I'm very loyal, uh, very truthful, um, and, and, and work very hard. And so those combinations I'd like to think, um, really translate everywhere. And mm -hmm. so sometimes, although people would be a little bit hesitant because again, man, I'm kind of, I'm kind of out there. And so that, that literally causes some people to be a little bit standoffish initially. And then when they realize, man, no, I, I love people and love life and, and want to get right in there in the trenches with you. Uh, it became an, an open landscape uh, mm -hmm. to just do whatever needed to be done uh, yeah. at, at whatever job, at whatever relationship, at whatever hobby, at whatever church. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, and so God is, God really tied the knots on all of those opportunities for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I think, I, you know, um, I, I've noticed too, you have a, you mean what you say, you're very straightforward, um, and that love for people, it's, it's almost like um, if, you, if you look at a wall and you're thinking, oh, I can't get in, the reality is, is that 
you're kind of the, the wall that protects people. Like you, you love people so much that you're a wall in that yeah. sense. Yeah. But it's not, it, it's not to keep people out, it's right. to help people. Hmm. Uh, and I love that, I love that about you. Um, and that's what I feel, uh, like I said, as, as I've kind of stepped in, um, you, you've always looked at it as, this is another person that's for the people here. How do we help? How do we resource? What do you need? Uh, which has always been a huge encouragement to me. So, all right, so you're doing third, fourth, fifth grade. Where do we go next? Yeah, so again, uh, the basketball program at South Georgia Tech started uh, in 2001. Okay. Uh, Chris Wade, who was the basketball coach at America's High, who I worked with, got the job at South Georgia Tech. Now, I want to back up just a couple of years. So I graduated in 1998. Um, and I basically go over to Chris Wade, who I, I knew, uh, he was an acquaintance, but didn't know him well. Mm -hmm. And so I, I knocked on his office door, and, and John, I remember as if it was yesterday, I said, hey, Chris, uh, Stephen Wright, um, you don't know me well, but we know of each other. And I just finished, uh, I'm going to be teaching school, and I'd love to coach basketball. This was his immediate response. Well, I just lost both of my assistant coaches. I'm looking for an assistant coach. Can you show up in the morning at 6 o'clock to watch film? And that's how my basketball career started. Uh, a guy that trusted me, a guy that taught me, a guy that loved me, and a guy that was very, very, very good when it come to uh, teaching kids, uh, knew the game, was a, was a solid role model in those days uh, for kids as well. So anyway... Uh, fast forward to then 2001, he gets the job at South Georgia Tech, asked me if I want to go with him. Again, so my third year uh, while I was still in the school system, I coached out there, and then I moved out there full-time uh, in 2002 uh, when I had just finished my master's degree as well. And uh, so from 2002 to then 2014, then I'm coaching basketball uh, out at South Georgia Tech for those 13 years uh, or whatever. And uh, so he was there with me the first five, and then he took another job. I moved into the head coaching role, and, uh, and for the last eight years, uh, that's what I did yeah. there. So there's a lot of, uh, so you have these relational skills that God has given you, and in your learning through your relationships with your parents and others. Uh, and then there's, there's, some, there's some leadership qualities, leadership skills that you are stepping into with coaching and things like that. Uh, how important do you think that is when you're working with a team? Not just the relational capacity, but also just the leadership qualities uh, and how, how people can build out of that, if yeah. that makes any sense. Well, I think, first of all, uh, a lot of times uh, leaders have charisma, mm -hmm. but they don't often have character. And, and your charisma can't outrun your character when you're trying to lead someone else, because ultimately... They need to listen to your voice, but you want them to follow your steps. Mm -hmm. And if your character is not there, then they're not going to be able to follow your steps very long. And so, again, I, I, think, uh, I think all of that uh, through, uh, my, through my daily quiet time uh, mm -hmm. and spending time with the Lord, uh, obviously relationships around me uh, help to really solidify character, mm. uh, some charisma as well, and yet I, I think the character... Uh, of, of, of doing what you say, the integrity of being where you're supposed to be uh, when no one's watching, mm -hmm. uh, not your reputation, but your integrity, who you really are. And I think those are really key moments uh, when you have a platform to lead others 
Uh, you don't need, you, you got to lead yourself. The hardest person in life to lead is yourself. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and so I think uh, that's part of learning to lead others is first of all, leading yourself. And so uh, I, think, I think God has, has, has given me the ability and, and the tools in the tool bag mm-hmm. uh, to not only lead myself, but then to ultimately lead people as well. And, and I think, again, not ever meeting a stranger, mm-hmm. willing to attack hell with a water pistol, uh, yeah. if that's necessary, um, that's, there's a magnet to that. And I'm drawn to those things, certainly, as well. Yeah. And, and I think uh, others are drawn to that, uh, uh, too. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, well, let me ask you this, because one of the things that, um, that at times happens I mean, I, th- I think in everybody's life is that there, there are moments where there's obstacles, there's sufferings, uh, there are things that happen, kind of uh, failures, missteps, whatever it may be. Um, at this point in time, ha- have there any been any of those experiences up to this point uh, that you can look back on and say, yeah, that was, that was very difficult, but, but yet you, you are here today and you didn't let those kind of you know, win or conquer uh, th- this narrative that you're building. Um, so any, any, any experiences, any sufferings during that time? Um, well, you know, if, as you look back, um, the, the, there's certainly a lot of moments, some that I probably couldn't share in this, this, this in, environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, you know, whether it's a, uh, you, you, when you're coaching, if you, if you lose a kid to an injury mm-hmm. um, or there's a kid that you think is coming because uh, we recruited him, he doesn't mm-hmm. end up coming or come, stays a few days, leaves. Uh, again, the team is looking to me for leadership in those moments. Mm. Um, and so I think, and, and yet when you get on the other end of those things, you, you look back and you realize, man, he might not have been a good fit anyway. Again, mm-hmm. I could really tell you, uh, I could share several of those stories um, that, you just wonder, okay, God, what 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 am I what am I missing here? Mm-hmm. Like we spent all of this time, we spent all of this energy, all of this effort into this kid, into this family, into this scenario, mm. and the kid doesn't come, or the kid does come, and something happens back home, and and he leaves, uh, or even if you move that into family dynamics of. Um, you know, not everybody in my extended family was always supportive of what I was doing, mm. uh, whether that was they, they didn't think coaching was the, the right scenario or they didn't uh, necessarily approve of who we had, how we did it, all of those things. And, yeah. and, um, and there were some dynamics then. And, and yet you look back and you, you, you get to the other side and you look back and you say, Man, but but God was was using me mm-hmm. to open the eyes of others to see that He's the Creator of all. Yeah. Um, and 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 we may not always agree on everything, but but as a as a population, John, we often find the things that we disagree on and part ways, as opposed to just figuring out what do we agree on, mm-hmm. and begin to do life from that point. Yeah, and uh, as opposed to just let's don't divide. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can we agree on? What can we rally around on, and then build that neighborhood from that point? Yeah. And um, and so again, I, I don't know if that answered your question yeah, or not. That's good. Um, but I, I think I was I was asked recently, do you often do self reflection, mm-hmm. which I think is a, is a is a great characteristic, and of course the answer is yes. 
Um, and so I'll get down the road and look back at, man, why did that happen? Or why did that not happen? Or why did I say yes? Or why did I say no? And, yeah. and how did those things play out? And I think those are very key ingredients as well to our continual growth as a person. Yeah, yeah. I would say too that, uh, you know, the, the, whether it's media or just the way that things are happening is we're, we're, we're too busy focusing on what's dividing us, no right? And so starting there as far as relationship, and again, being a good neighbor is finding, finding ways in which to engage, to, to build a relationship in which you can disagree in a healthy way. That's exactly right. So it's, I need to love you enough because there's going to be points and m- moments where it's going to be really messy. Yeah. And I need to know that I'm here for you, whatever that looks like. Right. Um, but it's, it's almost seeming as if, no, we need to, we need to uh, find the most dis- disagreeable things and let that kind of define us, you know. Um, so, so, okay. So what was your, uh, what was your record? 2014, you, you ended the right basketball? Or no, so so I, yeah, I ended basketball in 2014. John, I'll be honest, I couldn't tell you what my record was. I, could, nice. I, I really could not tell you what my total record was. Uh, I do know that that my last year uh, we were 29 and five. I okay. do know that. Um, lost in the Sweet 16 in uh, the national tournament in Kansas, and uh, so my last day uh, at South Georgia Tech, which was by the way 13 of the greatest years of my life. They really were. But my last day there was April 30th, 2014. Yeah. Great, great, great people um, Mm -hmm. that I worked with and worked for. Uh, Is that what made it great? Oh, without a doubt. President Sparky Reeves was, uh, he wasn't the guy that hired me. It was John Johnson that hired me, and then he retired, and then uh, Sparky Reeves jumped into uh, that role. Uh, Absolutely the most personable guy uh, in a in a significant leadership role that I've ever met. Um, wow. A lot of times, the higher up the ladder people are, the less their personal skills are for a lot of reasons, whether they feel like they have to be vulnerable or whatever the case is, he was not that way. Mm. Uh, so again, another picture that I was able to see every day and work with, and uh, uh, my life will always be indebted to him. I mean, just unbelievable. Uh, another guy there, uh, Wally Summers, was a vice president of economic development. Uh, very similar in nature. Would get right out and do the uh, the physical labor with you if necessary, uh, but was all about building up other people. Was uh, In fact, one of his mottos, not only with relationships, uh, but obviously work in general, uh, was to undersell and over-deliver. Yeah, that's and, good. Uh, and boy, he showed me a great picture of that every day. So just a... Just two great men in terms of relationship. Oh, we didn't agree on everything, but it didn't matter. Yeah. Um, we, were, we were for the cause of helping others. We were for the cause at that point of growing South Georgia Tech, which just happens to be here in the neighborhood of Americas. So if you're growing one entity of the community, you have a great chance of growing the community itself. And, uh, and those guys were, were just phenomenal. Both of those are, are retired now and, and, and still living here in Americas. Mm-hmm. Touch base with them uh, very frequently. Uh, but just men that, again, I was able to see a picture of mm-hmm. this is what it's all about. When, yeah. you, when you look at people and you look at a neighborhood and you look at uh, doing life well with others, th- those guys were a great picture. Yeah. And it's amazing, too, because they probably didn't notice the impact that it was yeah. having on you 
or your parents, you know, they were just kind of being who they were. They were, right. they were doing the best they could. And they were probably at times they would wake up and go, I don't know if any of this stuff is working. I right. don't know. And yet here you are saying, I see it. It mattered to me. It influenced me. That's right. um, and so, you know, just the encouragement that, you know, some people might say, I've been doing this for years. Yeah. And what does it all mean? There are people that are paying attention. Yeah, no doubt. They're looking for models, no you know, no doubt. Uh, to that. So, okay, so 2014. So how do we get to executive pastor of uh, Central Baptist? Yeah, so um, interestingly enough, uh, I had a conversation with Brian Myers, who is the pastor at Central uh, today, and he was the pastor then uh, September of 2013. Uh, he approaches me. Our families have been best friends for a while. Uh, for quite a few years now. Our kids kind of grew up together, similar ages. Uh, our wives are best friends. Just really an anomaly in today's uh, society when you have men that are best friends, wives that are best friends, kids that are best friends. That's just an anomaly. And so, um, so anyway, he approached me September 13. Uh, there was a vacancy on staff and wanted to know if I would come on staff and basically help him run the day-to-day -day operations. Now, Interestingly enough, uh, John, one of, one of my, again, God-given uh, attributes is organization. Um, very, very, it can be very detailed, uh, very organized, and uh, with the day-to-day -day operations of who we are at Central, you, you need someone in that role, and at that particular time, uh, he talked to me about that. So September 2013, uh, and I said, Here, here's the deal, Brian, I, I'm going to entertain the thought, but we're too close to basketball season for me to walk away. Uh, you know, it's September, basketball kicked off with practice around the 1st of October, season around the 1st of November. No way I could put the school in, in that tough of a spot. Again, especially when you know the relationships that I mm -hmm. just mentioned to you yeah. uh, as well. He deal. certainly understood that. In fact, encouraged me not to really even consider it as in an immediate transition, but what could happen after the season? And so mm. we had those conversations uh, somewhere around the, uh, the 1st of December of that year, 13. Uh, I knew that that was probably gonna be the next step. I began to meet with President Reeves in January, February, March, kept him in the loop on everything. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I stepped into that role May 1st of 2014, and I obviously have been in that role ever since. And so. Uh, I, I didn't step into that role to actually preach. Uh -huh. uh, that was never really the design, although I've done that a couple of times uh, in my tenure there. That was never the design. Uh, he wanted me to come in and help to oversee the day-to-day -day operations, uh, budgets, facilities, personnel, uh, those yeah. types of deals, uh, and then do whatever he needed me to do. And, yeah. uh, and that's, what, that's what we've done. And up to this point, we think we've done it well and, and, and plan to continue to do it well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's, that's, that's how I stepped so into how did, how did how did Brandy feel about that transition? She yeah. sees you enjoying basketball and the team. you got yeah. kids. Yeah. You know, what's, what was that like for them? Yeah, well, it's interesting you ask because um, um, one of the things that, that where Brandy and I are a little different is uh, change is a little bit nerve-wracking to her. Uh, mm -hmm. she, she enjoys the steady flow of life and and change is a little bit nerve wracking and so I remember uh, when when she and I were talking and her question to me John was well what does this mean for me 
And, and I understand that. Yeah. And so uh, I assured her that the church would certainly say yes to her before they said yes to me. <laughs> we, she had already been there serving. I mean, I've been part of Central since 1995. We married. She obviously became part of the church then uh, and mm -hmm. has been loved by all, and rightfully so. Uh, has certainly a servant's heart and has continued to serve until this day uh, in children's ministry. Uh, I remember the conversation having with my kids uh, when again, that's all they knew. All they knew was me coaching. Uh, and in fact, John, uh, uh, part of we we obviously homeschooled our kids. And part of the decision that 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 part of the equation to us making the decision to homeschool was they the convenience of them being able to go with us on road trips. Yeah, it's hard to do that if you had to go to a school every day. And of course. Brandy being uh, an educator, uh, she certainly was able to do some of those things. So anyway, that's all my kids knew is, is that daddy coached. And so they would sit on the bench or they'd come to practice or they'd hang around games or they'd make road trips. They made the trip to Kansas twice when we went to the, to the national tournament. They'd stay around and help me wash gear at the ends of games and watch film and went on recruiting trips. And So anyway, my oldest is 12. Chandler is 12 at that point. Uh, in January of 13, he's 12, and I tell my kids, hey, here's the deal. There's a great chance that this is my last year coaching. I think the Lord is moving me to the church, and I want you to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And with crocodile tears, he makes this statement, Chandler, that is. Daddy, you just dropped a bombshell on me because that's all he knew. Yeah. And in fact, at that point in time in his life, he thought he might get into coaching. So I want to tell you this, John. Here's where the goals of our life become very important. It gave me a chance to say to him and the other two and Brandy that when I gave my life to Christ at 14, the goal of my life was to do what God wanted me to do, when he wanted me to do it, where he wanted me to do it, and how he wanted me to do it, which means tomorrow can always look different than today. Mm. And I said that to them in those moments, and his response to me was this. Well, we're always at the church anyway. Let's go. <laughs> and, so, uh, and, and so interestingly enough, over the last number of years, now he's transitioned into thinking he was going to be a coach to now being in ministry himself. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, uh, again, relationally, uh, I had some folks look and say, man, you were 29 and 5. Like, what are you doing? Most of those kids are coming back. You got a great chance to repeat and go back to the national tournament. And it gave me a chance to say the same thing to them. Yeah. Is no, really the goal of my life is to do what God wants me to do. Mm -hmm. And with that, our scenery may be a little bit different. That doesn't mean that our conversations are different. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that uh, we're changing the mission, uh, but the path or uh, the city or the home or the work location just might be different. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So, all right. So we're, we're up to today. And um, I, I, as a new person coming into Americas, I have felt, like I said, very welcomed. Uh, man, it's a, good, it's a good place. We love downtown. Uh, and we're just constantly looking for, you know, community. Um, and, and I know that uh, in, in a small town, there, there's, there's pockets of community. Um, you're the, you're one of the people that, um, you, you have an act for building new relationships. And I think there's some obstacles for people 
to build new relationships, you know, whether it's their past experience, they've had bad relationships, and so new relationships seem intimidating or fearful or dreadful. Um, but what would you say to someone who is uh, looking for community, where, it, where, where are places where they can find good community, good relationships, so they can continue to flourish here uh, in this city? Yeah. Well, I think everybody comes to the table with a variety of, of the backstory, with a, with, with a different backdrop. Uh, even born and raised in, in, in Americas, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't attend the private school. I didn't attend Southland. Uh, even I didn't finish up in the school system. Uh, I didn't go to Sly County like some of, the, some of the other folks from around the area did and are currently doing uh, in terms of finishing up my high school career. So, so having said that, uh, we all come to the table uh, with a different backdrop. I think the interesting thing is so many times I find that people try to change who they are to try to fit into a different group. Uh, that's not necessary. Uh, God has created us for who he wanted us to be, wants us to be, and continues for us, uh, for us to be. And so I, I think the dynamic is we need to understand that, that, uh, that who we are, it was God's design. And he didn't intend for us to, uh, to put on a, a different hat or a different shirt or a different pair of boots or a different uh, set of characteristics and personality traits just to fit in. Mm -hmm. And so um, with that, I always have thought that a great place to find community would certainly be within a church. Mm -hmm. uh, when you think about um, the welcoming nature of those people, or certainly we should be, yeah. Uh, those that have received grace should be extending grace. And when we extend grace, then there's a welcoming presence to that. Uh, so certainly I would encourage anyone uh, mm -hmm. to look for those opportunities uh, at, very, at the very, very beginning um, uh, of their search yeah. uh, for community. Um, I, I would hope that, uh, that a workplace would, would, would potentially have some of those. But as we look at a community in general, uh, I know that would be the design of, of restaurants or the design of libraries or the design of, of those types of things is just maybe you get a chance to meet someone. Um, I do think that we often have to find ourselves with initiative to potentially strike up a conversation. Mm -hmm. If we're always the one waiting until someone speaks to us, then we can't always blame it on someone else because they didn't speak to us. The, mm -hmm. We could have the initiative too. So I think, I think, John, we've got to look in the mirror and examine, first of all, that how much do I really want community mm -hmm. or am I waiting for people to bring it to me? Um, you know, we have open gym on Tuesdays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, like this week at, South, at, uh, at Central. Man, we've got a chance to build community just around a basketball. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, there's guys and, and, and gals that often come that, that we may not do the exact same thing every day, but a basketball, uh, a gym, uh, and an opportunity have all of a sudden created community and a relationship. Mm -hmm. You and I met through disc golf. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of ways uh, that, that we can do it, but I think the person themselves have to realize, do I have the initiative and then the intention of looking for who am I, mm -hmm. where can I fit in, what's going on, and let's go do this thing. Don't, don't, don't wait. 
Um, but don't change who they are. Uh, mm -hmm. The only change that's necessary is when Jesus comes in our life and changes us from the inside out. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the change is going to fade uh, over time anyway, but, but Jesus does the real change. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, so uh, we're going we're gonna to start uh, working towards landing this plane, but I want to go ahead and ask you uh, some rapid-fire questions. So, okay. you know, a minute to two minutes, however you want to answer that. Some of them are really, really quick. Uh, so we're going to do some of those. So let me ask you this. Uh, what is your favorite restaurant? My favorite restaurant in America is Taco Ray's. Taco Ray's. Listen, um, I, I find myself or my family there. I saw you there yesterday, wasn't it? Very often. Uh, Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, very, very often. And it gives me an excuse to build a relationship around some great food. Uh, yeah. What a great spot. Yeah, That's great. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so favorite sport? Yeah, my favorite sport, obviously, you know, I spent 15 years coaching basketball and really love the game of basketball. Uh, obviously, UGA football has stolen my heart. Man, we've made a lot of trips over the last number of years. Uh, but in terms of playing a sport, man, disc golf. Yeah. I mean, are you kidding? Disc golf. <laughs> uh, that's it. It's been a blast. Yeah. Uh, we, need, we need to talk about disc golf. We need to have a whole, uh, just a whole podcast on disc could. golf because it's, it's such a, it's such a, um, a unique sport and people are really, they do look for community in disc golf. No I mean, doubt. basketball is, you kind of, if you know the sport, you're accepted. Yeah. If you just know about disc golf, people say you're family. Come on. I mean, it's, come on. That's it's, right. a, it's a cool dynamic. In fact, at a sports camp, you know, that we hosted a few weeks ago at the church, one of the things we taught was disc golf to the kids. And, uh, and I was accused of creating a cult, you know, so to speak. The man <laughs> trying to teach them disc golf, but uh, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, all right. So I have also had a kind of a running, I've, I've asked everyone that I've, uh, that's done the podcast as a guest, what is uh, the name? So I come from Albany and we're called Albanians. What, what are, what is the name or is there a name for someone who's from America? Mm. That's a great question. Um, I'm not real sure. I, I don't know that I've heard that. Um, you know, unless they would be Sumter Countyans or, or, or whatever. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I'd be interested to hear yeah. the responses that, that you've got because it would be news to me. Yeah, it, it, is, it has me. been very limited. Okay. Uh, but I have one that I'm going to put in the hat. So I'm okay. going to start pitching one. Okay. Uh, I like, uh, this is not mine, mine uh, but the name Americusian. Okay. Feels really good. Okay. Feels really solid. So All just right. let it settle. Okay. Just, just okay. look at your, what's your initial response from someone from America? Is, uh, no. Take that out of the hat. But, uh, but yeah. yeah. No, listen, yeah. if it's ever, if there is ever a hat situation and you see that, you're like, I know that's John. John that's did right. That. That's right. John did that. Well it needs said. to go that's away. Right. That's funny. Okay. All right. Another one. What is your go-to karaoke song? Wow. Go-to karaoke song. First of all, I've never done karaoke. Okay. Although I enjoy singing and have sang for years, even at church or uh, whatever. Wow, go-to karaoke song. Uh, skip, come back, pass. Okay, pass. Let, come, come back. I'm going to need to I think love. about that. Okay, favorite movie or book you've either watched or read recently? So uh, I'm not a real big movie guy, although with the family we'll, we'll go. And uh, uh, recently, um, 
man, what was the last movie we just watched over in the Cordial Theater? By the way, that's become our go-to theater as a family okay. as we ride over to Cordial. Not a lot of people there, okay. um, which is okay, even if there are a lot of people there. Um, but uh, uh, the environment's good, clean, reasonable. Um, the most recent book that I read is uh, Why I Stand by Jonathan Isaacs, uh, the basketball player for the Orlando Magic, okay. who uh, is kind of a life story, and and uh, he even walked through the uh, the the bubble scenario that mm. the Magic that the NBA was in in 2020, and obviously he was the guy that uh, stood for the national anthem. Uh, chose not to do some of the other things that, that the world was doing at that time. Just mm. finished that just a few days ago. Great book, regardless of the aisle that you sit on mm -hmm. when it comes to standing or kneeling, um, regardless of the social aspects of life you stand on. Great, great book. Nice. Um, but uh, but but we've I think I think in terms of movies we we found ourselves over the over the last few years uh, really into the Marvel movies. Yeah. And I think the most recent movie we watched as a family would have been Maverick. Okay. Uh, the uh, Top Gun. Top Gun. Yeah. And, yeah. That was, and it was a good one. That's good. good. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. All right. Um, okay. Best advice you ever received? Best advice I ever received. Um, you, you mentioned earlier um, that you know, I'm kind of matter of fact, and, and, and that is a, a, certainly a, a very uh, accurate statement. But I'll never forget uh, President Sparky Reeves. Uh, Called him into his office one day, and we had some other things to meet about and whatever, and I'll, I'll never forget it. He said this to me. He said, Stephen, you're a matter of fact guy. He said, that's great. People know where you stand all the time. He said, but I'll tell you something. People may not always remember what you tell them, they may not always remember where you were when you had the conversation, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. Mm. And, uh, and that has really, really stuck with me for the last 12 years, 14 years that he's given it to me. Um, and in fact, the day that I left, I sat in his office and I said, uh, President Reeves, I'll never forget the time you told me this. And I want to tell you, I've watched you model it ever since. And uh, so not only was it a great piece of verbal advice, it was a great picture that I was able to see every day and how he exuded uh, those same, because uh, he always made everybody feel like they were number one. That's amazing. Uh, no matter who it was, man, when you walked out of his presence, you were number one. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. So that, that is uh, that's probably, um, other than reading scripture and hearing mm -hmm. what the Lord says, yeah. that's probably the best piece of advice I've had. Love it. Yeah. Love it. All right, go to karaoke, karaoke song. Coming pass. Back. Oh, no, I guess I don't have the option to pass. Uh, man, um, John, I don't know. I, 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 again, I, I wouldn't tell you. Happy birthday. Um, okay, happy birthday. Yes, okay, we'll do it. We'll, yeah, that's good. Yeah, happy birthday. Yeah I, could, yeah, I could probably do that. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Is it your birthday? No, it's not. Okay. Is it probably his birthday? Nope. Okay. Right. Nope. But I could, I could probably go to that. Yeah, okay. I could probably do happy birthday if I had to do that. But love it, love it. All right. Um, so we've talked a little bit about um, this idea of again relationships and neighboring. Um, what would you say? What are either qualities or definition of a of a good neighbor? Well, I think um, um, if if we're gonna even take it back to the Bible just for a moment where the, uh, 
the two greatest commandments. Um, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Um, we are a world and certainly a society and then bring it to the local neighborhood that really loves ourself. Mm. Um, to the point that even back to, uh, referring to what I mentioned earlier when we talked about looking for community, I think often we aren't even truthful with ourselves. We love ourselves so much mm. that we won't be truthful and we wait for others to step into our life. And then if they don't, we stiff arm them because they didn't. Mm. Being a good neighbor is me looking at others, recognizing how much I do love myself to the point that I want to eat right. I want to. I want to enjoy life. I want to. I want to be with you because I think you being with me is going to be enjoyable for you because I love myself uh, that much. Uh, I think it's very welcoming. Uh, never meeting a stranger. I do think that. Uh, we should still be building community where a handshake still means something, mm. where our word still means something. Uh, and then as a result, if there's a need, how can I fill a need? Mm. Uh, oh, you, you're sick? Well, let me. can I go get your medicine? We just done that recently for folks in our neighborhood mm. that was down, couldn't come out for a couple of days. Hey, give me your prescription. Let me go to get your prescription. Let me go get your food. Give me your shopping list. Let me go buy groceries for you. Uh, whatever it takes. And so um, even as um, this is not my karaoke song, uh, but there was an older song that I remember hearing years ago that even Jesus looked beyond our fault and saw our need. Mm. And so as we think about the potential things with our neighbors or our friends or our community or whatever that just might be different, Let's look beyond that and see the need. And we all need each other. Mm. And so I think wrapping it up in, in, in simply a sentence is to be a good neighbor is to love them like you love yourself and be willing to feel whatever need to make them walk away feeling like they're number one. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Thank you so much, Stephen, for being a part of the podcast. It means so much to me. Yeah. So. Yeah, John, I, I thank you, man, for coming to Americas. I'm looking forward to, to, to rubbing elbows with you and, and getting in there and, and doing some work with you and helping you grow, uh, helping the, the family even uh, plant deeper roots here as well. And, um, you know, there can't be enough men in today's world to share Jesus with people. Mm -hmm. Can't be enough. And so I thank you for being one of those men and looking forward to to growing here with you as well. I like it. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. All right. So All we're right. good. Man, dude, that was great. Karaoke. You got to give me a little. I uh, see, but they're they're rapid fire, man. They're supposed they to are rapid fire. Hey, listen to me. I'll Every other question, you'd completely crush. <laughs>